Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. All right, so we are in Genesis chapter 32, and we will get started right now. Mary, let's get to that next slide. So Genesis chapter 32, verses 1 through 8 says, Jacob went on his way, and God's angels met him. When he saw them, Jacob said, this is God's camp. So he called that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir the country of Edom. He commanded them, you are to say to my Lord Esau, this is what your servant Jacob says. I have been staying with Laban and have been delayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male and female slaves. I have sent this message to inform my Lord in order to seek your favor. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you and he has 400 men with him. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps, along with the flocks, cattle, and camels. He thought if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, the remaining one can escape. So we have a lot that's happening right here. So one, uh, Jacob, you know, Jacob is on his way. He, he's, he's finally got the blessings from Laban to leave. He's on his way back to his father's household. He sends off these servants first to go and check on Esau. And uh, they say, hey, he has 400 men. He's coming to meet you. And he has 400 men with him. So, he, you know, he's preparing for war is what uh, Jacob is, is, is thinking. He's about to get into his battle. But the cool thing is God has already made provision for him because it starts off by saying when it says Jacob went on his way and God's angels met him and it says when he saw them, he said that this is God's camp, and then he called that place Mehanaim, which means two camps, basically. And so uh, I'm going to take us to a couple of different scriptures, and then actually got quite a few scriptures on here. But uh, before I do any questions or comments on this so far. All right, Mary Barry, let's get to that, that next slide. So God is making he's already made provisions for jacob psalms chapter 37 verses 23 through 24 says a man's steps are established by the lord and he takes pleasure in his way in his way though he falls he will not be overwhelmed because the lord holds his hand and so we have one scripture of several that we're about to go through this kind of uh describing this that this was already established by the Lord. He told him he's going to go back to his father. So he's already established this, even though Jacob doesn't quite know how it's going to come about. Questions or comments on this one so far? The next slide, Mary Berry. Second Kings chapter six, verses 15 through 17 says, when the servant of the man of God got up early and went out, he discovered an army with horses and chariots surrounding the city. So he asked Elisha, oh, my master, what are we to do? Elisha said, don't be afraid for those who are with us outnumber for those who are with us outnumber those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, please open his eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So this is just another uh, opportunity for us to look into scripture that shows when God has already made provisions, even though we can't see it. Elisha, the prophet Elisha, told his assistant uh, that there are people with us that far outnumber them and then ask God to show him, let him see these people. And then he was shown that it was an army that was surrounding them. Questions or comments on this so far? 
So we're covering a lot from this Genesis 32, 1 through 8. I do want to bring back up the, the Mahanaim, which means two camps. So it uh, looks like what Jacob is doing when he, uh, he sees the, two, the, uh, the camp of God broken up into two camps. And so he sends his people in two camps, most likely with God's two camps going with them. So one, uh, one camp of God going with one, the other going with the other. Edom, remember that Edom, is, it means red or earthy of blood or Esau. So Edom means Esau. So they're in the land of Edom. And this is in the land of Seir, which is the country of Esau. So the next uh, verse, Mayberry, coming from Romans chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. And it says, For though her sons had not been born yet or done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to election might stand, not from works, but from the one who calls, she was told, The older will serve the younger. As it is written, I have loved Jacob, but I have hated Esau. So Jacob is loved and uh, Esau is hated. This is what God says of them. Questions or comments on this so far? Now, did he say that twice or he only said that one time? I feel like he's, we've, we've either read that scripture already or they just, they say it again. So, yeah, so he actually said this uh, previously. And uh, or actually, not the same way in the Old Testament, and this is the New Testament bringing this up to us in according to election. So election is is a big, it's it's a very controversial to topic because election is just that is whoever you elect, who you chosen, and this is saying that God has chosen chosen Jacob, and he hated Esau, and he did this. It says before any of them had done anything, before they hadn't even been born. Before they hadn't done anything good or bad, God's God chose one and not the other. And that is, and, and he says it has nothing to do with works, it has everything to do with him, the person who's doing the calling. I'm just trying to write this down. Mm. And then we're going to, um, before we do that, any questions, any other questions or comments on this? Because this is actually pretty deep. No, I'm good. All right. Mary Bear, let's go to that next, that next slide. And it says from Malachi chapter one, verses two, three, four, two through four says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? This is the Lord's declaration. Even so, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. I turned his mountains into a wasteland and gave his inheritance to the desert jackals. Though Edom says, we have been devastated, but we will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of hosts says this, they may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked country and the people the Lord has cursed forever. This, according to according to Malachi, this is what he says about uh, Esau, and that's that previous scripture that was coming from from in Romans. It was referencing this. He said that he that he hated he hates Esau. He loves Jacob, but he hates Esau. And uh, then he says of his the, that the people of Edom or of Esau said they're going to be a people cursed forever. Those are the words he chose to use. He says they're wicked. They'll be called a wicked country. And the people the Lord has cursed forever. That's their. Remember, we just got to be talking about the elect. So the election. So you have some that he chose and you have some that he has rejected. Edom and the people of Edom have been rejected according to this. Questions or comments on this so far? Yeah. Who is he talking to? The Lord. In this particular verse, yeah, I don't know. I, I just he's talking to the Israelite people because he's getting on to them. He's getting he's talking to the Jews, and he's getting on to them. Uh, and which honestly, the almost the entire Bible is literally that is is God getting on to people, to His people, whether it be Jews or Christians. He's getting on to them, and so uh, but He's proven. He says He says 
I have loved you. He's telling them, I have loved you. And then he says, but you're going to ask, how have you loved us? And he's telling them, he said, wasn't Esau your brother? I hated him. And let me tell you what's going to happen to him. So even though I'm doing all of these corrective actions to you, and it seems tough what I'm doing to you, I actually love you. Let me show, show you what I'm doing to those I hate. Does that make sense? No, but I heard you. Okay. <laughs> well, if, if I'm not mistaken, basically he's saying if you basically it's like instead of God saying, No, I don't hate you, or no, I don't, you know, I'm not mad at you. Let me show you what I actually do to people that I despise, right? Basically, that's what I'm seeing here. And something happened to uh the other G's mic. It just went to like McDonald's service or something. I don't know. Uh <laughs> No, so, I was drinking nah, juice. I didn't nah, no, I'm the not other, a, not, not G. White, the Ronald G. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, using my headphones because I'm uh, multitasking. But I do like, well, I think I, <laughs> I I actually used that type of analogy before. It's like, oh, you must not like me. I'm like, no, if I didn't like you, this, this is what I would have done. <laughs> that's why I kind of understand this passage. Yeah, and that, so that's what you're saying about Edom or Esau. And this is important because, you know, we look at this as Old Testament and we're going to go through a few different. We can go through Old Testament to New Testament on this to find out that this is not something that's, that, that he is not relented of or he's turning his back on. He's going to do this. So uh, if we go to let's go to the next slide, Mary Berry. So Isaiah chapter 63 verses one through three it's Isaiah chapter 63 verses one through three and it says who is this coming from edom in crimson stained garments from bozrah this one who is splendid in his apparel rising up proudly in his great might it is i proclaiming vindication powerful to save why are your clothes red and your garments like one who treads a winepress i trump i trampled the winepress alone and no one from the nations was with me i trampled them in my anger and ground them underfoot in my fury. Their blood spattered my garments, and all my clothes were stained. So here we have in Isaiah 63, verses 1 through 3, actually, and we'll, we'll see how it is. This is Jesus Christ speaking. This is Jesus speaking in the Old Testament. And the person is asking, who is this person that's coming from Edom? Remember, Edom is another name for Esau. It says, who is, he who is this coming from Edom, the land of Edom, this country? Remember what we what it said previously of these people. There are people cursed forever. And then he goes on to say, in crimson stained garments from Basra. And then he goes on to explain who he is. And he explains why his garments are stained. It's because he just stumped them out. He just stumped out Edom. And so he says, their blood spattered, spattered on my garments. This is Jesus speaking right here. Questions or comments on this so far? Um, can we elaborate on this blood? This is like he was killing people. Yes. Yeah, he uh he was he was killing them. Uh, that's what it says. It says your 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 garments are red like someone who treads a wine press. It's like back in the day. Uh, you know, I guess it still happens, obviously, but uh, you know, you get a wine press, you get a bunch of. Uh, grapes in there and then you know, take off the shoes and then step on the grapes that's how you made the that's how you made the juice from it and that's what he that's what he's comparing it to are there any more details on this on this day we're gonna, we're gonna yeah we're gonna actually look at it at another one okay let me write that yeah give me a second i'll let you know at least right anybody else got anything on this one All right. Mary Barry, let's go to that next one. So Revelation chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. This is the last book in the Bible. It's talking about the future. This has not taken place yet. So Revelation chapter 14, verses 18 through 20 says, Yet another angel who had authority over fire came from the altar, and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Use your sharp sickle and gather the
the clusters of grapes from the earth from earth's vineyard because his grapes have ripened so the angel swung his sickle toward earth and gathered the grapes from earth's vineyard and he threw them into the great wine press of god's wrath then the press was trampled outside the city and blood flowed out of the press up to, up to the horses bridles for about 180 miles so that previous verses we were looking at in isaiah here we see it being played out and so uh we have this angel that's calling forth to another angel that has this sickle and he's gathering these clusters of grapes so when people say uh uh you know there's a rapture you know the people are going to be taken away this is them being taken away it's the complete opposite of what i've always believed the rapture to be i thought it was the good people just just flying away going away that's not what's happening here it's the evil the wicked are being taken away from uh, taken away and they're all being piled into this wine press is what he is saying and then they're getting smashed out questions or comments on this so far well i know there's no not enough information but i would like to know more about how this plays like when someone tells you to go stand in line so we can smash you what do people do well i don't know that they have a choice like they're going to be yanked up and there are several scriptures about that actually they will be yanked away they will be taken away all this uh starting out with psalms it says though the wicked you can see the wicked now it says though a little longer you will see them no no more like they're going to be they're going to be snatched away and it says it several times throughout scripture. It's really uh, concerning how often it says that they will be taken away and they will be uh, basically killed. And then what's left, the earth itself, then the righteous or the meek shall inherit the earth. Uh -huh. But we're going to continue on this, actually. Any other questions or comments on this though, so far? Why do you believe... I guess it is uh, of the devil to confuse people to believe that the rapture is, you know, opposite. Um, you know, if you, a lot of, you know, of course we grew up hearing that the rapture, a except Jesus Christ is wait, he coming back. He's going to take us all up seven years of tribulation. Those who didn't accept him, you know, have to go through the set. It's like, where did all that come from? Because we reading the word exactly what it is. It never says that. Yeah. So honestly, you can, depending on how a person is feeling or what they believe in, you can pull so much out of scripture, which is, uh, I believe, uh, one reason when um, one of the lawyers was testing Jesus, asking him what the two greatest commands commandments are. And then Jesus turned it back on him and said, what does the scripture say? How do you read it? How do you interpret it? And so when the guy said the two, the two greatest commandments, he was right. Uh, he was, he was correct. And, the, and Jesus actually commended him. Like he, he was, he says, he saw that he answered wisely. All that man did was read the scripture. All he did was say, love God with all your heart and all your mind, all your strength and all your soul and love and love uh, your neighbors yourself. Uh, and he says, when he saw that he answered wisely. So uh, I think that the reason why is because we want to, we, uh, an intelligent person can go and make scripture say whatever they want it to say for the most part. There's going to be someone else to be able to point out, but what about this scripture? That just kind of pokes holes into the whole thing. But for the most part, you can, you can manipulate scripture to make it say something, uh, even though it's not really saying that but you can make it sound like that so what sounds more pleasing to you as a christian uh you being here during the tribulation or you're just gonna skip over it and be out of it yeah i, I see what you're saying like i mean of course and so not, i'm not saying that that's that people are doing it to be malicious or anything obviously i don't truly believe that's what it is i just think that um i mean we had we, we have medium like we got um we have uh there's a whole series called left behind where uh my whole theory and as i would assume so many others 
came from uh the uh the rapture because you had this movie that was showing you all oh, man these people being left behind and you know using scripture to, to explain this people being left behind but the problem is is that some of the very scripture they're using god would jesus would go on to say that these people that are being gathered up are being gathered up for this reason he says that they're going to die and the vultures are going to feed on their on their on their corpse what you got for, for me ronald that's exactly what i grew up understanding from that movie um you know the whole and it was it's a great movie like it's a phenomenal movie uh and it it shows like this antichrist coming and you know every believer was gone tv tv dix was gone he left a tape for everybody to follow suit after you know give your life to christ you still got time to do it it's like it just sounds so good to be true um because you're right the opposite of it and you know what's all for me it seems like god's word is always in contradiction to what the world wants we want the easy way god is like the my way ain't gonna be easy there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it so when i look at this parallel oh we just basically accept jesus christ we wait and be patient he comes to rapture us or the opposite is we accept jesus christ (laughs) and then you know, you got to endure some heartache and pain. I'm like, you know what? That sounds more of the depiction of what Jesus Christ actually went through. You know, it's, I mean, when you say that, that's exactly what it says. I mean, he, that's what he is telling us. He tells us, pick up your cross and follow me. And the question is, what did he do with his cross? Where did he go with his cross? And yeah, he's telling us, pick yours up and also follow me. And it and it's and there's a scripture that says it is we must go through many hardships on our way to the kingdom. In fact, let me find that. Uh, there it is. So it's actually going to be coming from Acts chapter 14, verse 22. I don't have it up here. I'm not going to have it up here. But I'll read it for you. And it says, uh, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom of God. I don't really hear that preached about too much at all. But that's Can what you send me that scripture. Absolutely, I will. That's Acts 14, 22. I mean, it, it tells us that it's, 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 it has to happen. This is going to happen. It is necessary. We must endure many hardships. Some may say, uh, some uh, translations may say it's going to happen. Some say it's through many tribulations. We must enter the kingdom of God. Uh, that's what it tells us. And it's, and it tells us this over and over again, but we don't want to see that. And I, I understand think, uh, and second Timothy, um, 312. Oh, can you still hear me? Yes. It says, yes. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. Amen. Not suppose, supposing. You may. <laughs> you will. <laughs> yes. And and it's just something that like we, we don't want to, and you know, and people will pick from different uh, uh, scriptures where it says, you know, things like, you know, my wrath is not for you. The tribulation is not wrath. It's literally that. It's a trial. It's literally finding out your faith. Do you really have the faith you say you are? It's a trial. It's a test. It's not. It's not a wrath. It's not wrath. The wrath is wow. afterwards. I never read the rest after that. It says, of course, you will be persecuted. It says, but the evil people and impersonators will flourish. They will deceive others and will. You cut out on this. All right. Is G getting back? We'll uh we'll move on. Any other questions or comments on this? No, and I think I fixed my mic. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh yes. <laughs> All right, Mary Barry, let's get to that uh next one. So Revelations chapter 19, verses eleven through sixteen tells us. Then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse, 
its rider is called faithful and true and he judges and makes war in righteousness his eyes were like a fiery flame and many crowns were on his head he had a name written that no one knows except himself he wore a robe stained with blood and his name is the word of god the armies that were in heaven followed him and followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen a sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it he will shepherd them with an iron scepter he will also trample the winepress of the fierce anger of god the almighty and he and he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh king of kings and lord of lords there's revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 16 and questions may be that why did we end up here from studying genesis chapter 32 the reason is is because that's how important the totality or the, or the, the com completeness of scripture is he's speaking about edom way back esau way back there saying that this is a cursed person and people and this is what i'm going to do with them and then isaiah tells them tells us that hey in the future there is this person that's coming from edom and he has a blood stoked blood soaked a wardrobe and then you get to this particular scripture in revelation where it says he has a, a a robe stained with blood and when you see that robe stained with blood i always thought that was his blood but no it's his enemy's blood and so he's going to stump the his enemies out edom being one of them questions or comments on this so far uh, who did this damage this is the lord jesus christ i'll write that down yeah and that's the jesus that is coming back that's the same jesus that walked this earth that we didn't recognize who he was this is that powerful person yeah this don't sound like the teddy bear right This is a Jesus that don't get brought up in church. This, no, I ain't never heard that. this. I ain't never right. heard none of this in church. Like, what is this you reading from? You know, I have to even correct myself because I ain't gonna lie. I get frustrated with the church. I get so irritated because when you do your own studies, like G. White, me, you know, we, we're all here. We're seeing the truth. We're seeing the whole picture of who, you know, who this Jesus is. It's not the Jesus we can basically just play around with and be like, all right, I'll give up that tomorrow these scriptures steer me back into the straight and narrow where it's like, all right, you know what? I can, I can just go ahead and start speeding again. And I'll read his word where it's like how God is not the fact that he, I want to say he's picky, but he, he has parameters that we need to, you know, coexist in. And I'm like, you know what? Let me not get beat down. He's going to put people into a wine press. You don't see that in the movie. Like you, you don't even have to, majority of the things that Jesus is saying that I'm going to do to those people, he said he's going to make people into our footstool, into footstools. I'm like, I, I haven't even, I can't even wrap my mind around what that would look like, but he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And uh, when it's done, it's going to be terrifying. So uh, that's what it says also in, in the old Testament, when it says, when he rises to terrify the earth, that's what he's going to do. And somehow we think that when that terror hits, that it's just going to be like, I don't know, like, uh, like we're not going to be afraid of it. You know, that, you know, this, that's going to be terrifying. It's going to be people, you know, that we're going to see, you know what I mean? And, and getting stomped out by him and, and, and what can you do about it? You know? And, and I don't know. It just, I don't know. That's, that's just, it just, I, I guess I just feel like from when I started reading this stuff for myself, it just started really giving me, a, a, I guess, a better understanding. And I don't have it down yet, but a better understanding of who he is and how he feels and how serious he is about this stuff. Absolutely. And on the other hand, it's like, I was not prepared to live life the way that the word was taught to me when, as I was growing up. It was a very... God is so loving, which he is. But man, there's a side of him that is extremely terrifying. And if you've never seen a terrifying side of someone, you grow this, uh, I don't want to say a callous, but you grow into this way of living where 
I can, you know, I can mess, I can just mess around and do whatever I want to do because you're not, you're not going to do anything to me. If a person was to tell, hey, man, don't touch my car or I'm going to put you into a wine press, you're going to be like, what? <laughs> like, that's going to, that's going to, you're going to be caught up in some, like, is he serious? Like, but we know the word to be true. So we ain't going to ask, is he serious? We just going to say, hey, man, I ain't going to mess with that man. Amen. And then even you know when we first got on this trip with Isaiah sixty three and it talks about this that's what he's going to do that he's going to stomp them out he goes on to say uh, I'll just read from several different different translations he goes on to say I looked but there was no one to help I was appalled that no one gave support so my own arm achieved salvation for me and my own wrath sustained me I read it from another one and it says. I looked, but there was no one to help, and I was amazed that no one assisted. So my arm, so my arm accomplished victory for me, and my wrath assisted me. It's amazing to think that when he is doing this, he is expecting us to help, and none of us do. Mm -mm. That's why that's how I know it's terrifying. Mm -mm. Because yeah. he's expecting us to help, and, and none of us step out there to help him. Mm -mm. Nope. Good judgment on me. What are you saying to 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 help him fight Jesus or to help Jesus fight people? To help Jesus stomp out these people. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta understand how I think uh, I think a scripture that Savoy brought to my attention was God has to kneel to even see into our heavens. Like, what what scripture was that again, Savoy? I don't have it in front of me, but he was basically it's in uh on in Psalms. I'll find it here in a second. It says that he has to stoop down. It says he stoops down to to observe the universe or the heavens and the earth. So that puts him on the scale to where we can't wrap our mind around that he is sitting on his throne, but then he stoops down to look and observe the the heavens. That to me is amazing. It is coming from Psalms chapter 113, uh, verse 6. And I'll read that from a couple of different versions. It actually starts at 5. It says, Who is like the Lord our God, the one enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? That is amazing to me. That's on a scale that we just can't really imagine. Well, I wanted to go back to this verse. Now, he wore a robe stained with blood, and there was a, okay, following a horse wearing a pure linen, a sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. So, just like a guy just with his tongue. All right, we're going to talk about that sharp sword. This is what's really wild. Uh, let me find the scripture. Uh, so, it says a sharp sword is coming from his mouth. And that's it's actually he talks about this is it's coming from John chapter 12. And I started verse 47. And he says, as for anyone who hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him for I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not receive my words. The word that I have that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. So he is saying that he himself is not the one that's going to judge you, is going to do this to you. That that's is actually the words that he is speaking. That's, that's what's the going sharp to do. sword. That's the sharp sword. Okay, I was picturing this supernatural being on a horse with a sword coming out just killing people. That's basically what it's going to be, I guess. That that word is going to be killing people. Oh, well, that's that's not so bloody as I think. You know, I thought a tongue was actually coming out slicing throats. Well, that's what that's the way uh, John was seeing it. I don't know how it's going to actually end up being, but Jesus himself said it, it, that that's what's going to do it. It's his word. He said the very word that I'm speaking. That's what's going to do it. Yeah, because a lot of things you understand. God just spoke things into existence. He just said, let there be light. There's light. Let there be a planet and all this other stuff. Let a man just come out the dirt. So I still think it's going to be like glory because he's going to say, let 
those bodies just burst into flames. Like, and out of nowhere, <laughs> like, man, it's, it's happening. Like, there's nothing that's going to stop it. Well, I kind of see it as a commercialized Jesus, and I'm just going to die like Thanos or something. You just kind of fade away. You don't really feel it, and it's not so painful. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think there's going to be some pain somewhere. Yeah, I think, yeah, he, I'm thinking some Thanos. Just, just, you just no, gotta drift gonna, off into the wind. <laughs> no, it's not the wind. It's going to be a forever punishment. Yeah, that's just what happens to your body because that's the reason why he says he says I'll tell you who the one that you should fear. So fear the one that after he destroys your body has the authority to th also throw you into hell. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so that's just a destruction of your body. Afterwards there's torment after that and this is actually it's kind of weird because this is actually if i make sure i'm going to the right one i think it's revelation 19 17. let me go to that this is and, it's, and, it, and it goes back to actually uh in the old testament also old testament he was speaking to the prophet and he was telling them hey call out to all the birds and tell them to come feast upon all these these bodies and so Revelation 19, 17 says the same thing. I'm going to start at 16 where we left off. So Revelation 19, 16 says, and he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried out in a loud voice to all the birds flying overhead. Come, gather together for the great supper of our God. To, uh, I'm sorry, come gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and commanders and mighty men of horses and riders of everyone, slave and free, small and great. So this is actually the, the left behind. These are the people that are left behind because when Jesus says, that uh, for and that night one will be taken, the other will be left behind. And he goes on talking about this, right? And then the dis disciples straight up ask him, to where? Where are they being taken? And he says, where the corpse are, the vultures will be gathered. This is exactly what this is. So all these corpses will be sitting here, and then there's an angel that's going to shout out to all these birds and says, hey, this is a supper that has been prepared to you by God himself. We went way too deep on this one. And so. You know, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. We're going to be sitting there still watching it. Like, no one's even concentrating on the fact that we just going to be staring around like, we, uh, is this really happening? Like, first of all, that dude's still stuck in that blender cause that, or that wine press. There's a bird tearing this person apart. And we just chilling? We know when you think of... We, we, he gonna he gonna have us dip our toes in their blood. Now this is just crazy stuff. The scripture says, and no, and nobody talks about this stuff. This right. is the God that we say we serve, and He is saying that the righteous are going to dip their toes in the blood of the wicked. I can see it happening, like a not in an arrogant way, but like well, we told you so type thing, like. It's, I, I feel it's just going to be terrifying. I feel it's going to be terrifying. I think that uh, if he doesn't give us the ability to stand, none of us would be able to actually stand and lift our heads to even watch it. Like, we just we just faint <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, I mean, over. I just, yeah, you know what I mean? I truly, that, I truly believe that's what would happen. I mean, it just we're talking about a being we've never seen before. We only have right. these visions in our mind of what we think he he's like and what he looks like, and we just really don't know. But yeah, great conversation on this one. Mary, let's go to the next one. So let's go back to Genesis. <laughs> so go to Genesis chapter 32, verses 9 through 12. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, go back to your land and to your family and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. Indeed, I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two camps. Please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise, he may come and attack me, the mothers, and their children. You have said, I will cause you to prosper, and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So Jacob 
is praying to God and he's in distress. He says, I'm afraid of my brother. He's, he says, I'm afraid he's coming to attack me. And then he goes on to remind him basically, uh, you remember the promise you made to me about, you know, my offspring not being able to count them because it's just so many of them. How that going to happen if he attacks me, the mothers and their children? Like, how is that going? How is that going to take place? And so he's he's asking them, like, how if they're dead, how is this even going to take place? Questions or comments on this so far? I've seen older people who have encouraged me when I do pray to use scripture in prayer. And in this way, you actually see him bringing it up to God's acknowledgement, even though he already knows. But I think it's so cool that he still brings it up. He's probably just doing it because, like you said, he is distraught or desperate at this point. But I like how he brings up God's promise to show God, hey, I remember this. No, and he's reminding God, honestly. I, I mean, maybe that's the way I see it. Like, he's reminding God. Because if we if we look at it, he don't really know much about this God. He, he really don't know that much about him. And so he's like, hey, you know, hey, you know, we made this this oath between the two of us. And you promised me this, but you know, if he kills me, how can you fulfill that? Like, remember, I need to be alive. That's what he was basically saying. Like, he was trying to hold him to something, if that makes sense. Mary Bear, let's go to the next one. So, moving on, and great comments on that, uh, uh G Ronald. So, Genesis chapter 32, verses 13 through 23. It says he spent the night there and took part of what he had uh, brought with him as a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rounds, 30 milk camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He entrusted them to his slaves as separate herds and said to them, go on ahead of me and leave some distance between the herds. And he told the first one, when my brother Esau meets you and asks, who do you belong to? Where are you going and whose animals are these ahead of you? Then tell him they belong to your servant, Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau. And look, he is behind us. He also told the second one, the third and everyone who was walking behind the animals. Say the same thing to Esau when you find him. You are, to all, you are also to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. For he thought, I want to appease Esau with the gift that is going ahead of me. After that, I can face him. And perhaps he will forgive me. So the gift was sent on on ahead of him while he remained in the camp that night. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two fem female slaves and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of uh, Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream along with all his possessions. So Jacob, he's sending these gifts before him in hopes that this is going to appease Esau, that he'll calm down. And then he appears to just stay behind. So he, he even sends his family and he stays behind. And he's apparently staying in prayer and in, in, in supplication to the Lord. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. Let's oh, wait. This. So he's giving all yeah. this to his brother? Yeah. That's not all, all right. of his stuff. That's that's a, just a, it's just a good portion. We don't know how much that is, but that's, a good, that's just that's, some that's of it. nice of Jacob. Yeah, didn't see that coming. I didn't see yeah. that coming. <laughs> All right. All right, man, let's go to the next one. So Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 32 says, Jacob was left alone, and the man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the when the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his, his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked Jacob. He replied, your, no, your name will no longer be Jacob. He said, it will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob then named the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face. He said, and I have been delivered. The sun shone on him as he passed by Penuel, limping because of his hip. That is why to this day, the Israelites don't eat the thigh muscle that is at the hip socket because he struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. So 
he is left and he's more than likely praying to God. And then it says a man comes along and he wrestles with him. And, uh, and so here's the crazy thing. So this, this man that comes to wrestle with him, who's an angel, uh, the messenger of God, uh, the, representing God himself. I don't believe it's actually God, but I do believe that it was an angel that represents God, angel of the Lord says, uh, the angel was unable to prevail. He wasn't able to beat him. That's what scripture tells us. He wasn't able to beat him. And then he renames him Jacob. And the reason why we know he wasn't able to beat him because he said it. He said, he, he, not only did he, did he fight a little dirty by dislocating his hip, he's, he told him once the daybreak started to come, start, once the light started to show up, he says, hey, let me go. And, and so he didn't say, uh, uh, he didn't just push him aside and just go on. He couldn't get away from him. Jacob had him. And he said, let me go for it is daybreak. So the very name that he gives him when he says, bless me. And he says, what is your name? He says, Jacob. And he says, your name will be Israel. That's what that means. Wrestles with God. That's what Israel means. And so he prevailed because he wrestled with God and he wasn't destroyed. So maybe he assumed that God would not destroy him because of his promise. So the promise being, you know, you're going to make my, <laughs> you're going to make my offspring as numerous as the sand of the sea. And so uh, he's holding that, trying to hold that scripture against God. And because scripture cannot be broken, it worked. And so he is, he wrestled with God and he won is what scripture tells us. Questions or comments on this? All right, y'all took that pretty easy. So he wrestled with God, he won, but apparently there may be a round two. <laughs> so let's go to the next scripture. So if we go to Hosea chapter 12, verses two through four, it says, the Lord also has a dispute with Judah. He is about to punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him based on his actions. In the womb, he grasped his brother's heel. And as an adult, he wrestled with God. Jacob struggled with, with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He found him at Bethel and there he spoke with him. So we're told here that Hosea is way after Jacob has already passed away. He's already dead. And even still, the Lord is saying that He's going to repay him for what he did. Questions or comments on this so far? Okay, what do you mean by repay him? That's all we're told. <laughs> that's, that's all we're told. It, does, it doesn't sound, uh, I mean, it's not good because it says he is about to punish. Because repay sounds like something good, like I'm about to get some compensation. No. Mm -mm. Punish no. seems like I'm about to lose something. Yeah, he's going to get punished. He says he's going to be punished. He's going to be repaid. So uh, he's going to get paid back for the for the for uh, for what he did. For what he did One to the them. angel or what he did just to Both. life? What he did to Esau and what he did to uh, to the angel. Oh, that was, come on, angel. It was playing. It was playing. He just it was he, playing. The angel said he tried to get out of there. He said, he said man, let me go. Shouldn't have been wrestling with the angel. Apparently, that's what he said. He, he's upset with it. He is upset. Oh, the, angel wasn't happy. The, angel, the angel left him happy. <laughs> the angel, the angel was in a headlock for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man, that's enough. He couldn't bite him <laughs> or nothing. Like, come on, that. It may have been a little friendly competition for a little bit, but it don't matter. He was not supposed to do it. Let me go. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so he gonna get it. That's what that's what the Lord says. He said, I won't get him for that. Oh, he and that's crazy him. because, like I say, he's been dead for a long time by now. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm biting him something. <laughs> you got to know some tricks. Yeah, so that's what he did. He, he hit him with that, uh, that, that, that socket, that socket touch. Yeah, he had him, <laughs> he had him folded up with them legs. He just there <laughs> sitting there all day. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he messed up his hip and, <laughs> and, and Jacob was still holding on. <laughs> if after 
if after that all the only thing you can say to get out of this hell this you know full Nelson that this guy got you in, hey man, it's daybreak, man. <laughs> Aren't you tired yet? <laughs> like yeah. you, you got you gotta let me go. Come on, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta go. With my, I gotta pick up my kids. I got all kinds of stuff. He wouldn't let him go. He wouldn't yeah, let yeah, him go. Yeah. And it, it's it's it's. I mean, it's crazy because that's we're given this. That's what it says. He. That's what it says happened. And then now we're told that this is how God actually felt about it. And it's just uh, it's it's crazy because we don't. It, it seems like that was a good thing. You know, I've I've heard of of uh, people preaching on that. Sometimes you gotta wrestle with God. And uh, like Jacob, you know, you got to wrestle with God. Like, no, nah, that was not a good thing. Like, he was not supposed to do that. Wow. Yeah, he, he survived. He he survived, but that that ain't that was a, an exception. That wasn't. That's not the rule. No, I wouldn't even try it. To start with, but mm. he probably didn't notice who it was at first. I'm positive he didn't. I, I would think he didn't notice what it was. Who it was. I mean, I don't yeah. know what. It, yeah, I don't know how you fight with somebody that long. Man, you got you have to be. You a stressed. Stranger. You know what I'm saying? You 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 distressed and all this crazy stuff that's going on, and, and I you don't fight know. with a stranger that long. Yeah, yeah. He, he says wrestle with him. He, they fought. Yeah, I don't know. I ain't got all day for that. Mm. Well, back then he probably got nothing much more to do, so he probably was. No, they kill fighting. us. Like, how, why are we playing fighting this long? These just kill us. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't. I can't. I can't even understand how how that went down and why it went down. But uh, other than you know, boys being boys, you know, that's just that's just what happens. I mean, there's, there was times at the at the studio where uh, me and G White going at it. We run through the whole building, the, the whole entire building. We're running through it. We had at least <laughs> five minutes. We, we had about five ten minutes. We didn't do no daybreak. <laughs> five or ten minutes. Yeah, we we didn't have the we didn't have the stamina of of Jacob. But if we did, no telling. 